By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, the founder of Femex Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven, inspirational, and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Well, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self. My guest today, like many women who have entered the industry, had a prior career. Jill spent 17 years in the healthcare field before really starting a new career in the financial services industry. You will quickly experience her unbridled passion for what she does. But it wasn't until she found her new focus on women that it all came together. Today, Jill's business is booming, and she spends the bulk of her time living in her brilliance, which simply fuels her drive and energy. Jill Manette, she owns her own financial practice with a team of four in Rochester, Minnesota. So Jill, thank you for joining me on the call today. Thank you, Adri. It's great to see you again. Yes, and hear me. (laughs) And hear you. So Jill, how did you go and why did you go from healthcare? Because you had a master's degree. I mean, you were really entrenched in that field. And then you went to financial services. So take us on that little journey. Honestly, I hated the fact that I went to work every day and my husband was excited to go to his job and I dreaded going to my job. And then as we were getting in our early 30s, almost mid 30s by then, I went and saw a financial advisor and he talked down to me use acronyms I didn't understand. And I walked out more confused than I went in. And honestly, my parents were great savers, but they never knew how to invest. So I really wanted to learn more about it. And I decided that day that I walked out of there that I could do this. There was a lot of smart people out there that just didn't understand investing. And I wanted to be the person that people came to and didn't feel intimidated by. And that's still my that's still my focus right now is I want to be down to earth, easy to understand and be the person that everybody can ask questions to. And they do not feel demeaned or degraded by someone looking at them or rolling their eyes or using acronyms they don't understand. So I every day, that's the way I do my business and I won't change it for anybody. As I said, you will quickly experience the passion she has for the business. (laughs) Right. But here you were working in the field. You had a great career, probably senior at your level, and you had this negative experience. That must have been a scary move. Uh, Actually, I was going through a tough time in my marriage and I talked to my counselor and he said, either quit your job or get divorced because one of them is going to kill you. And (laughs) I don't do anything with a lot of thought, except for I know that if I jumped into it, I would just do it. I would just do it because I don't give up. And it's funny when I got my first job in financial services, my manager, who was a he, of course, said, "You on the Limra, you didn't score very well. And I'm like, 
okay, it's just a test. It doesn't show how much, I mean, I was in every weekend. It was funny because my first job, I had the number two in our company and we were a nationwide company. Our number two in the company from a, from a performance standpoint was in the office. And he used to come in in his sweats on Sundays. And I was always there on Sundays and senior advisors never talked to the newbies, but he always came and talked to me because he saw I was my work yeah. ethic. after a year, I was the only one of eight that was left. And it's like some limerick yeah, or some test is not going to give me, tell me whether or not I can do anything. So that was one of those where it's like, I dare you not to let me do it. So yeah, was it a great, was it a huge leap? Absolutely. I be, I got divorced even though I quit job <laughs> and I was a single parent living on a hundred percent commission. The first two years were hell. Yeah, I was, it's, you did it's what you tough. had to do. Oh my gosh, this is not a, if anybody has a faint of heart, this is not a business for you. But if you believe your potential, and when I was working for healthcare, it's like, if I'm going to work this hard, I want to work for myself and make more money. And so, yeah, it took a few years, but definitely, you know, you're working for yourself. You're willing to work a lot harder than for somebody else. So let's go back to that a little bit, because that was something you and I had in common is that when we were financial advisors, we were single moms with a couple kids you have no option. Absolutely. I put 60,000 miles on my car the first year because I went out to wherever I could get an appointment because I had to pay the bills and I had to make sure my kids were taken care of. And so it was scary. And you were sometimes needed to do whatever you needed to do, but you got up and you went to work every day. And the days that you didn't feel like it, you just had to switch it up and figure out a way to get out of it. And I believe that I did get a job offer like my fourth year in the business. And I was going to take it because I got a salary. Wow. I know. Salary. And when they say right below the surface, you're just about to break through. <laughs> that's where I was. But I was like, God, I'm so tired of living paycheck to paycheck. Trying no to kidding. Rod Peter to pay Paul from account to account. But I went up north to see my parents and I had given, I had told the guy I would take two weeks and I would take the job. And I was sick. I was physically sick. And my dad's like, what the heck are you doing, Jill? And, you know, you always think my parents want, you know, a good job, good benefits. He's like, you've worked your ass off for this. Don't give up. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, really? And my dad had never given me motivation like that. He loved that I was in healthcare, had a good job, had good pension, but I was never happy. Yeah. Yeah. So I called the guy back and I said, I'm not going to do it. And I just felt like it was like, here you go. You got a second chance to keep it going. And then after that is when the good things started to happen. But I still wasn't there yet. I still wasn't there, but I was in a point where I could at least, I didn't have to drive 60,000 miles in a year to. I think this is really important for the other women because we're not the only ones. Very similar scenarios, right? We're on full commission. We're not making much money. We're raising these kids. We're supporting them on our own. It's paycheck to paycheck. And there are moments and you just put your head down and you focus on what you have to do. Who cares? And there's a lot of scuttlebutt going around. I'm missing mandatory meetings like I could care less. It's not like I need to please them. I need to feed my family, right? And you do have those moments where you go, what the hell am I doing? Yes. What the hell am I doing? And I remember specifically, why don't I just take 
an administrative job because I'd been in the industry forever and make $80,000 a year. And in 20, 30 years ago, that was a lot of money, right? Oh, it would take the pressure off. And then I said, F it, right? Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to borrow. I borrowed 30000 out of my 401k, the maximum I could borrow to keep me going. And I paid it all off in four years. Now, I think those instances when you were offered a job and you almost took it, it pushed your commitment over the top. You were 110% in fully committed. And that, I remember that feeling. If I'm going to go down, I'm going down big. I'm taking everything with me. (laughs) Well, and I want to talk, I want to talk more about that because I totally believe that because I had, you know, there was that little, you know, golden ring that would have been easy peasy. I didn't quit my first job to find something easy. I quit my first job to make my own decisions and to run my own business. And I didn't want anybody telling me what to do anymore. Because I hated that. I was assistant director. So I had the director in my office with me, always telling me what to do. And that just drove me. And how to do it. Yes. I remember when she had her desk behind my desk. And when I would be talking on the phone, she'd be correcting me. And it would be like, like (laughs) fingernails on a chalkboard. And I'm like, never. I quit on a Friday. I packed my office and I left the day after Labor Day. I had panic attacks all weekend. So is it easy? Hell no, it's not easy. But it was, I knew it was what I wanted to do. And I have never regretted it the last 20 years. I love coming to work. Do I have some bad days? Yeah. But generally speaking, I never set my alarm clock. I never worry about when I come in. I have gotten in a period that I don't work every night. I have nights that I stay home, but in general, it's, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for my family. I'm doing it for my future. It's a whole different game. And anybody that's ever worked on their own knows that feeling. It's so hard to ever go back. So So why either be a hundred percent in, or you can just play with it and then you lose your opportunity or you lose your spouse because they're tired of you just playing around with it. Yes. Why did you come to me? I came to you because I was starting to do well, but I didn't feel grounded. I knew I was passionate, but I really need to find my passion. And that whole elevator speech, I didn't know what the heck that was. I was like, it's just a bunch of words. But my elevator speech that I said when I talked about why I got in the field is honestly true. It's easy when you're telling the truth and you're speaking from your heart, you never forget it. And so I was so many people, our parents were good savers, but they didn't know how to invest. Yeah. People can relate to that as well as I went into a financial advisor and he actually talked down to me. He was a smoker. So he reeked of smoke that turned me off because I was like super healthy kind of conscious. And that gave me a real negative connotation and you know, whatever it's not PC, but honestly, I didn't, the way he talked to me and the way he behaved was just negative, totally negative. Demeaning. Yes. Demeaning. And so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the person that it wasn't uncomfortable coming to. It was fun to go in and see Jill because we're going to talk about these things. And yeah, they're not fun to talk about, but I never feel uncomfortable asking questions. And so that was really cool. And I came to you because I needed to learn more about finding my market. And I did. Yes, you did. I did. And it wasn't easy. Because I, you know, I had, I kept on going, fog a mirror. I'm good with that. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Because I had, I've had to fire clients over the last years. And it, it always was firing people that took up way too much of my time and didn't light. I didn't light up when they came in the office. Yes. 
Yes. I like went. Oh. They were not your tribe. Absolutely. And I totally believe your tribe is just we put we lift each other up and not only the people we work with, but the people that we talk to each other about work. And I got yes. a bunch of girls that I don't see them very often. But when we get together, we kind of lift each other up. And I think you got to have that as well. Absolutely. So I think what's interesting is, right, when we started in the business, we go through the training and they teach us what to say. It is so un authentic for us as women. It's just not our style, but nobody gives you any options. This is it. And we're the true peacocks. And every once in a while, our peacock feathers poke out because our unbridled passion. But when you find your message that is true to you, and it's a little revealing, makes you a little vulnerable, but that's what people love. Well, and Andrew, you told me, you know, you don't have to dress like a suit, right? And yeah. most of the time I'm not wearing a jacket. I'm just dressing in a dress or dressing how I want. I also, my office, when I set it up, it's all more feminine colors. Yes. It's not stark. And I've had more comments from people coming into my office saying, oh my God, I love this place. This is so nice. And it's like, well, it's just me. And I just had somebody come in and help me with placing things around and it didn't cost me a lot, but it's me. And I'm comfortable. I spend a lot of time here. I don't want yes. it to be stark and like an office. It's like my second home. It looks like the background in your, you know, I have a nice yeah. blue couch. I've got a, some nice area rugs. I've got some nice lamps. It's a little softer lighting. My office has family pictures, but also my cousin is a painter. I have painter pictures that he's painted on the walls. I wanted it to be much more personal and much more yes. comfortable. And I think that I learned that from your conference. The Femex process Femex is all about totally. feminizing every aspect of what you do. Absolutely. And we have been taught, oh, that the feminine side, you don't want to do that. You want to be professional. You want to be businessy. You want to follow the protocol, what everybody else has taught you. No, I'm not a man. Can I compete with a man? Absolutely. But I will compete better when I do it my way. And Absolutely. I will tell you that those years, boy, you're taking me back. When I came back, Smith Barney sent us to Hartford for three weeks of training, which eventually I became a trainer. And I came back and I'm, I'm very coachable. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. It was so against the grain for who I was. So against the grain. And I knew I wanted to focus on women. And I just put my head down and I did what I wanted to do. And if I missed a meeting, oh, well, I'm generating, we are generating revenues for the firm. They're not going to fire you like they do a corporate employee. And as long as you're making your numbers, they don't really care. Totally agree. Totally agree. And I'm the same way. I mean, my clients want I know their dog's name. I know their kids' names. We talk about that before we talk about anything else. We talk about what they're concerned about. We don't have a script that we follow. We just talk about those things. We get into the other stuff later, but it's more important for women to know that we care about them and we want to know what their goals and aspirations are. Yes. And that's so easy because that's what we do when we drink a glass of wine when we're out with a girlfriend, right? <laughs> So, so why not do it every day? I think there were two defining moments for you in your later career. One was 
focusing on women, right? You yeah. really found your space. You really found what was important to you. The clients that you don't enjoy, the clients that don't trust you, they don't do what you say. The reality is they're not your tribe. That's it. Exactly. That's it. Okay. That is an indicator that they are not part of your tribe. But the other factor for you is you are now living in your brilliance and your strength, your brilliance is teaching and speaking. And you spend the bulk of your time teaching and speaking with a team to do everything else. Talk Absolutely. about that. That's now, huge. Yeah. And it's funny because now that I, I mean, Coming to Prudential and working here, I surrounded myself with an upper management that was the most supportive I've ever had. And I can wow. tell you that that made a huge difference. And even though I was working my tail off, I knew that if I ran into any type of roadblock, I could call my supervisor, my RVP, and he would help me with it. And so that was huge for me. That was huge because I didn't have that where I was at before. But what really made a difference was at the beginning of covid it's so funny. I got to tell you this story. At the beginning of COVID, I was trained as a pathway speaker, which is our wellness program where we go out in corporate America and we teach classes. And I was in the hospital. I just had that morning was the morning after I had a hysterectomy. No kidding. And my <laughs> boss is calling me and he's like, he called me like three times. And I'm like, I'm in the hospital. But I always got a call from him on Saturday morning because our numbers came out for the week and he'd always call me and encourage me and all that. And so he's like, I got to really talk to you. It's really important. I need an answer. And I'm like, I'm in the hospital. I just had surgery. He's like the, this big, huge corporate healthcare area in Rochester wanted me to come and be a speaker and he needed an answer. And I'm like, Heck yeah, that's the one I wanted to work with. And he's like, I need an answer today because they're going to move forward, blah, 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 blah. And that was the key to my success was I got into a program where I worked in corporate America. I did Zoom trainings on all different types of financial areas. And then the people that were on the calls, we do two or three in a day. And the people that were on a call could do a financial checkup with me, which was awesome. And then we'd spend 30 minutes talking about whatever they wanted to talk about. And then I could get appointments after that if they needed more help. So I did a couple of those with some corporates. They didn't do much. But when I got into this, this company, it was a game changer. And I taught at least two classes every other week. And I'd have 15 to 25 financial checkups. I'd have 50 to 150 people in each class that I Zoom class. Yeah. And I taught about 45 of those. So just think of those numbers. I was by myself trying to do this and it was holy crap. So now when I do the financial checkups, I have my partner that's in my office and my other two advisors that work with me, they're doing the follow-ups and they're, they're working with these individuals because I can't do that many. That's my whole practice. And it was awesome. And from there, we got a lead for another program and they have 1,200 employees and they wanted, they were looking for someone to do something like I'm doing with them and we just linked them in. So that has been a game changer. But I learned that by doing Adri's class, which I did <laughs> probably 12 or 15 times. I did it once a month for a year, year and a half and had people, had women come and talk about women and money and the whole, the whole, I did it exactly. Was that the, the Savvy Women Seminar? Right here. Yeah. 
Here's my binder. Still have it out. There it is with all the questions and how I do it on the front. Yes. And I have my timeline and everything. So I can reinvent that whenever I want it to come back. And that was awesome. That really taught me where I needed to be and really yes. accelerated my business. But during COVID, how did you reach people? I was yes. doing seminars with people all over the U.S. And I have some in Central America, which I can't really do a lot of investments for them. But all of these people were on these calls because, number one, they're working from home and they have time, right? Yes. So I had a lot of people show up for those. And, and the I, company is marketing it for you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So they are doing a lot of the 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 technical stuff. I don't do that. And so they're doing a lot of the technical stuff and I'm just showing up and doing the class and then I'm doing the follow-ups. And we've got a great system that we developed, our practice that wasn't out there that has worked really awesome. So yeah, that totally stokes me every time we do it. I I've met so many amazing people through the classes and so many great clients through the classes that we are just having, we are having a blast. So, so what I love, right. And we do in our October retreat, we do an exercise called, called your unique brilliance. And, you know, at the beginning of your career, you have to do everything, right? You're processing the paperwork, you're marketing, you're doing this, you're doing that. Where Jill is at is where you want to be. It's almost like with my business. I spend the bulk of my time coaching, training, teaching, speaking. That's my brilliance. Jill is in her brilliance. To be doing all of these other things, you have built the infrastructure to support what you do best. And you do best speaking and inspiring people. And that is phenomenal. Phenomenal. It it's took really a long time to get here. It's not easy because I'm not good at paperwork. I'm horrible at paperwork. So I have, let me ask you something. If you had come to Femex Advisor 10 years ago or 12 years ago, would it have been different? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that I think we all are is we get stuck in our own head, which is the hugest setback. And I mean, one of the biggest ahas was not only going to your retreat, but I read a book a couple of years ago by Barbara Stanley calling uh, oh, yeah. the secrets of six figure women. We're not six figure women. We're not special. We just are determined and yes. we know that we can do it. And anybody yes. can do that. So we can't get stuck in our heads. And I have a young male advisor that works for me. And I'm like, you can't beat yourself up. You have to just get back to it. Make another call when you have a bad thing happen. But we beat ourselves up so much. And part of this whole thing is, is the rule of large numbers. Isn't that uh, McKay's book? Oh my God, right here. Game of Numbers by Rick Murray, right? Yeah. We just got to We just got to find enough people. And, yes. and, and it's our job. It's our, it has to be our job to find enough people because so, so many people need our services. Yeah. There's lots of well-to-do people out there that have lots of money. They're great savers, but they don't know how to invest. And it's our job to help them. So, so I always say you need two things to build a thriving practice. You need a database. You need what you're talking about. You need people to talk to. And you need a great message. Yes. You need an authentic 
message. And that will turn the corner. It's the only reason I succeeded because I had a passionate message. So we're going to run out of time and we're going to have to do this again because it's too much fun. So, (laughs) So what advice would you give other women, whether they're new, whether they've reached that plateau, whether they're tired and exhausted, what would you give them? What would you say to them? I can tell you about six years ago, I took a vacation to Mexico and I'm a person on vacation who reads, you know, development books. Is that not boring? And I'm riding on the little golf court, reading my book like this. Oh, this is so good. I, I love it. I'm writing down notes. <laughs> Take some time to just work on your business, not in your business. Yes. Re- if you are stuck, get unstuck. We all get stuck. So get but sometimes it's because we don't take time away. Exactly. I just talked to a client two days ago. She grew by 37% in two years. And she goes, and Adri, the minute you said start taking vacations, she goes, I'm taking more vacations than I ever did. I would agree. I didn't take any vacation for the first 10 years in the business. I and that's stupid. We think we don't deserve it. We have to earn it. No, our brains are going three times energy levels than typical man's brain, right? It's just the way we work. We need that rest. And I shut off my phone on the weekends. I do. Good I shut you. it off. I check it once a day, but I shut it off. Yeah. I need to not talk to anybody. <laughs> Yes, I want to be the best when I'm talking to people. Exactly. The best when you're and my kids say, Mom, you are always working. You are at working at everything we ever did. Well, sometimes it's just leave your phone in the car and go to your kids event on the weekend and don't think about it. Yes, because that's important, too. So, yeah, great. Well, I you know that you've taken me down memory lane, which is (laughs) good and bad. We had so much fun. I learned so much. And you know what? Sometimes you have to push yourself outside the comfort zone to really learn. And that's what I did. Usually that's always the case. So Jill, you're a rock star. Love (laughs) you on this call. I know we'll get lots of comments on this. So we're going to have you back. Awesome. And you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to have you back and talk about your speaking, your health and wellness, how you do it, how you create it. How could they create it on their own? That would be so awesome. I would love to do that. Thank you, Adri. Good talking to you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.